Yo, 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 what's up all you burner stoners and potheads and especially all you gardeners out there. This is Mr. Weedman and Big Earl with the, with the Weedman 420 Chronicles Grow Hour. How are all you vipers doing out there? We have two special guests on, don't we, Big Earl? We do, we do. It's going to be a fun episode. I'd like to introduce you all out there to Nick and Jared from Magic Beans and Green Finn. What's up, fellas? How you doing? Hello. Excellent. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. We're super stoked to have you on the show because we're going into part two of our nutrients edition. Uh, Bigger and I released a show last week on nutrients, and it was one of my favorite shows only because it's my biggest weakness is nutrients. It is my one of my hardest subjects, and it was a big laugh that we we talked about a lot of things on that show. But before before we like when we were really into it, this is a funny story. And uh, when I was early newbie growing, I, I big girl and I became friends, and I was like, dude, I, I, he was telling me about pH, and I'm like, oh, how do I? He goes, buy this system, and test your pH. I'm like, okay. He goes, test your soil. I'm like, all right, cool. So I bought this system it's just a the the little like you test your ph in your water system and stuff like that but i didn't know it so i was sticking the fucking shit in the soil like and i'm dming i'm going this ain't working this ain't working he goes dude it's for your water not your you don't stick it directly in the soil you, you test your water out you dumbass so that's how newbie-ish i was when it came to nutrients and a lot of the early stages and and are you just became, talking about like a ph pen yes yeah yeah okay. <laughs> a little hannah pen you had the right probing techniques, just the wrong tool. That, I was that's probing all I all right. Yeah, yeah, that was good action. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so I didn't know what the fuck I was doing with that thing. I mean, I I remember the little pH. I had the little pH thing. You shake up and you put the little um, you know, that. That's what I was oh. using. But he's like, oh, that's even better, more accurate. So I didn't know you had to put it just straight in your water, test your water. I thought you had to put it right in the fucking soil. It says. So I needed help with this, with nutrients especially. So I'm super stoked to have you on. I'm super stoked. We got a ton of ton of good info we're going to get from you both for all of our listeners out there, especially all of our newbie growers and also some of our veteran growers that listen to the show. So we're super stoked. But before we get started, we're going to smoke. And I'm yeah. going to go first. I'm smoking a strain that was grown by Big Earl. As you all know, I love his stuff, so I smoke a lot of his stuff. So we're, I'm smoking Tropical Cookies. And uh, I'm going to light my eight decades bowl up while Big Earl tells you a little bit about it and then tells you what he's smoking. <laughs> yeah, salute. Awesome. Yeah, that, uh, I forget the name he gave it. It's a Trop Cookies Cross the Sprinkles from uh, Secret Society Seed Co. He That's just it. came out of that line. Uh, I was able to test it for him, luckily. Um, super turpy plant, man. Such a, like one of the turpiest plants probably in the garden right now. But I, uh, what was that? I wish I could smell it. It is one of my favorite favorite uh, strands, man. I mean, that thing's all. I mean, Trop Cookies is what we're smoking too. Nice, oh, yeah. yeah. It's oh, super yeah. different. I never really smoked it before, and I'm I'm assuming it's Trop Cookies leaning because I worked with a lot of the sprinkle stuff and Skittles cross stuff where the sprinkles comes from, um, and it doesn't have a lot of that flavor in there. It's like it has to be straight Trop Cookies because it's so different on its terps um, than all the other stuff in that line. But you guys smoking you smoke? anything other than trout cookies? Yeah. <clears throat> so what else we got? We got Frank's uh, gift. Crowley's gift is uh, Frank's gift across the Star Killer. Uh, Frank's gift is like 
in my opinion, probably one of the most medicinal plants that's ever been. It's uh, like 26% CBD and like 7% THC. And uh, the cross is, or the, the cut, I should say, is not, it's, it's so hard to find. I lost mom like four or five years ago, but luckily I still have a lot of these seeds left. Um, and we're finding like three to ones, one to ones. Um, but like the ranges are, you know, you're going to find, you're going to find 25 to ones. Um, and it's, it's nice because you're not going to app, you know, necessarily get some of the CBD flavor terp, terpene profiles really. Um, that cherry smell. Yeah, the cherry. Um, like we're we're finding phenos that are gassy, you know. So we're getting gassy CBD strains now, and I know they already exist, and you know they've been out there. But this specifically, this cross is is pretty special. And for me too. You know, besides that, a lot of my my patients are older. Uh, let's just say that you know my parents' age, their friends, and they appreciate something that isn't as high in THC that has a more robust profile. And so you know. What's, what's awesome with Nick is he's bringing some, you know, land race and some really cool, interesting genetics into the pool that, you know, people are open to smoking now that they have a higher intelligence of what's out there. And so, you know, growing this stuff has been an honor, but, you know, it's coming from him. I just have a great little growing set up in my basement. So I'm, yeah, yeah he's, he's running a lot of my gear. Yeah, so, like, you know, I've been blessed to have him as my, my little mentor and sensei and this whole, like, I mean, it's a lot to learn, you know, and it's it's never something I ever expect to totally understand. But, you know, by what I like to smoke and taste has driven me towards, you know, definitely, you know, you know, your genetics. Uh, the dogma is one of my favorite is some of his cuts that are just phenomenal, super turpy, very gassy. I mean, that's kind of like I'm a diesel gas guy, so I will always pick that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you know what's good of... that you're growing for the older generation is because I was just reading an article that the California uh, boomers and older generation are smoking cannabis a lot more than they ever have before, and they don't realize that a lot of them are ending up in the hospital, unfortunately, because they're freaking out because their strains are so strong and they don't realize it. No one's teaching them that, so a lot of them. Yeah. Are, and it's I think it's up like. 895% hospital visits in California, yeah. the older generation right now, the retirees and stuff like that, because they don't realize it's not their cannabis. They were burning in the fifties and sixties right. in the early seventies when it was like three, four, 5% THC, you know, they're probably, they're probably just going to the dispensary, grabbing, grabbing whatever the bud tender gives them. It could be 28, 30%. Next, you know, they smoke the whole thing. And next, you know, they're crying to their, well, they're crying to their wife or husband going, oh, I'm going to die. No, you're not going to die, yeah, but you oversmoked. So it's yeah, nice that you're it's nice that you're giving them that higher CBD to get their endocannabinoid system used to smoking cannabis, and then maybe they'll switch and go do that maybe one to, uh, that one to two ratio instead, where it's a little more higher THC and more of a balanced, and they want more of that psychoactive effect, or they want more of that THC effect. So it's good that you're training their endocannabinoid system with a higher CBD strain. I like smoking CBD. Got a couple of people that give me some some strains. I like smoking it that that nice ratio that that two to one or one to one ratio, especially during the day. I don't like getting too heady during the day, but I, can I was just going to say it's, it's it's like a routine thing, right? Like you don't want to wake up and get foggy, you know. At right. the end of the day, you know. You, you want to have a, a healthy balance and it's really about a balance. And when you have a portfolio of genetics and a jar, 
you know, a great little box of uh, a healthy stock. It's nice. <laughs> to, you know, you, you find out you're picking certain things for certain applications, right? And you're in tune yep. with your body and how that works. And it's really cool when you're at that level where you can appreciate you have it, you know, but also work for it and then help your patients in that same matter and not seem like a super nerd about it. They're like, oh, yeah, that does make me feel good. Or like, that's a great morning during your day, you know, yeah. you know surf or whatever. It's like, boom, there you go. I love it. I love it. Earl, what are you smoking, brother? Um, I'm smoking on the Chem D right now. I also wrote up some Nightmare OG to get a little gas. That Nightmare OG is fucking fire, dog. That Nightmare OG is fucking fire. I Fuck, love dude, I've been smoking that. that. We smoked that first time when Mrs. Weedman and I on the show last episode, and I've been smoking that almost every day since. Fucking Agreed. fire. Unbelievable, man. I love what it. flavor. What the high, though, man. Oh, just forget about it, dude. But it I'm, I'm so... Right when I smell it, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna fucking love this. Oh, dude, <laughs> I cannot, I cannot wait to try that chem, that chem D, because I, I've talked about chem dog before and how much I enjoy that and how much it works for my body. But I'm excited about trying the chem D because it is, it is more on the higher of the of the the relaxing phase strain, so which I'm kind of nice, but with that euphoric effect of of the of the of the, of the uh, sativa of the plant. So I kind of like that. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I love being a little stony baloney euphoric at night when I'm laying in bed and I start seeing shit float around. It makes me smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thing I can get the DMT, I guess, is good fucking strong weed. <laughs> well, and so True. finding like real chem cuts is is also not an easy thing. Even though it seems like nowadays everything's available if you if you search hard enough for it. Sure. Um, I mean, I went through like five different sour diesel cuts that were all fake, you know, and I I because I, I knew what it was, you know, and after growing them out, you know, that's like, it's like a year's worth of your life going down the tubes, trying to look for the right cut, you know, and yeah. it's still, it's still a problem, but you know, if you know the right people, that's really what it's all about is having the right circle. Yeah. There you um, go, everybody. Uh, right circle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really the most important thing in terms of, you know, cause genetics are, you know, one of the first three top most important things in a successful growth. Hundred percent. You're speaking our language. You know, it's like it's, you know, I mean, there's obviously a million other factors, but without that starting point, it's you know, that's why I started breeding because I wanted, I wanted to make fire shit. Like it's, I don't, I don't want to grow shit. Right, right. And, and this is this is not a breeding show, and I, I want to have, I'd love to have you back on to talk about breeding. But tell us the one thing that. A, a person that wants to breed at home by him, by him or herself or a human being or people want to do by themselves. Like what, what would be a tip like for the, for the newbie breeder? Like somebody that's just starting out, give them a tip, trick and, 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 and a whip. Uh, well, kind of what I just said, start with the right genetics, have fire moms. Um, and you know, not getting too much into breeding, like you said, the market's changing. Uh, regular seeds aren't selling like they used to. Uh, feminized is, is the thing because you have large, you know, you have these larger gardens that they don't want males. You know, why, why does a, a garden that's looking to grow 5,000 or 10,000 plants or even more want to deal with half of them being a male? Um, I understand that now. I get it. 
it's even it's even the, it's even the small grower like myself that has a, a tent for two or three plants and i had this talk with terp too just saying and he he schooled me and i said i've planted plenty of regs and i get it but there's a point where it's like i'm wasting more males than i am getting a female and i feel bad wasting those female those males because somebody could be using that to breed or get some right, pollen but, off of but you know? who but who yeah, now true. most <laughs> breeders like I'm, I'm my, like my year this year is going to be focused on fem seeds, and I've, I just released my first, my two first lines of fem seeds. Gotcha. Only because I've been driven to do that. Right. I've been forced from a market perspective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand. Like I said, because me having only room for, I got to plant five, five, five beans to maybe hopefully get two females, maybe sometimes one, and it's frustrating because you're, you're now a month deep. And right. I, I and I understand Terp's old geo school, and I respect the fuck out of him on that and what he was saying because I do enjoy growing regs. But there comes a point where I want to turn and burn every ninety days, hundred and twenty days, and and I and I blew four plants and got one. So I, right. I, I get the frustration with the people out in the world, the OG growers and the new school newbie growers that are growing out of their home to get make their own medicine because I think everybody should be growing their own plant. If you're not, you're foolish. But I, I get it, man. It's just a hard – how do you feel about that whole situation Leo, between – you hear the OG growers talking about feminized seeds versus regs and stuff and what people are doing. They're talking about it's you, you got so much herm maybe going on now, and, and that's the issue too because a lot of these newbie growers don't know what a banana is unless you're listening to a grower reading some books. But not everybody – what the hell is this thing, this penis growing out of my plant, this yellow-looking penis? <laughs> Well, I mean, you can always test too. I mean, there are certain like laboratory stuff that you can cut corners if you really wanted to like kind of save some time on finding out if, if your plant was feminized or, or male. Yeah, but that's not going to tell you whether or not it's going to intersex. And I see what you're saying. Uh, I mean, honestly, I this is a debate that's been going on for a long time with breeders and growers. And um, some of the best breeders I follow and look up to, um, Ryan from Chimera Seeds being one specifically, he's, he's, he's a scientific breeder. He's, been, he's done a lot of amazing things with uh, lab testing and uh, created a new cannabinoid, CBDV. CBDV um, I've heard of it. A lot of it. A lot of uh, kids with epilepsy. He's 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 epic. But my point is, uh, he brought up a point on an, on a podcast that I was listening to a while back, and you know, like a lot of people uh, complain and 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 say that you know feminized seeds tend to harm. Um, it's kind of not really true, uh, <laughs> to be frank. Um, I've, I mean, honestly, personally, I've had more fem or, uh, intersexed herm seeds from regular seeds that I've popped in my life than I have, uh, feminized. Um, but that's just my personal experience. Gotcha. Everyone has their own experience and, you know, you know, it depends on what every breeder is different. So, I mean, like, how do you trust, a, you know, a feminized line if you don't know who the breeder is, you know I mean? You really got to get to know your breeder. Um, and his his work and 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 grow his gear to trust him right uh, or listen to someone else that's grown his gear and trusted him you know 
Um, otherwise, you're just kind of shooting in the wind now. I mean, there's so many breeders now. It's unbelievable. Like, you, well, it's, there's a store. There's a store that just opened. There's a store. A store selling seeds now in in Illinois. I think it's in downtown Chicago. Oh, they're that's selling, happening all over the place. This yeah, is the first one, this is the first one I've seen here in Illinois. You're talking about a growth store. Just, just a straight like a garden store. Just, no, not even a garden store. They opened up a straight, just selling oh, seeds. Really? Yep. Whoa, that's yep. cool. Yep, that's really cool. I didn't. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's super cool. Um, Small shit. little shop. I think it's dope as fuck. I can't wait to go visit it. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. I saw somebody post it. And I I didn't save the post. Yeah, I, I would love to hear it. about the name of that. Yeah. It'd be dope, and especially if they're selling legit and they're working with legit breeders, unbelievable. Because it gives the option of people going now and talking to somebody live, not just trusting it, buying it off the internet. You know, that's what I like about it. I hope I hope you see more and more come around like that, and and working with trusted breeders, and you can go there for for tips and tricks on how to grow and what to do. I think it's amazing that what we're seeing now that you're seeing a bean store, genetic store. That's really cool. That is really cool. Yeah, that's dope. So. But I appreciate your opinion. I, I'm going to have you both back on the show. I think we've talked really early about doing a roundtable discussion. This is going to be yeah. a good one with feminine Earl. Oh, yeah. that, that, that whole that whole ta- that whole one question might talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, let's get this show started. Now I'm all stony baloney. All right, who is Magic Beans? Tell me about your story. I've, I've got on your on your on your social media. Checked you out. You got some phenomenal, phenomenal grow. Phenomenal, phenomenal flower. Beautiful terps. Beautiful trichomes. Just amazing what I've seen. Tell us what started you out. Like what? Who are? Who the fuck are you, man? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Who are you? That's really that's that's hard. I'm uh, still trying to find. Also, out. also give us your yeah. name. Give us your name and rank too. Yeah. My name's Nick Paletta. Uh, I started breeding. Uh, okay, all right, all right. Let me get into this. I'll I'll start it from a certain point in a pivotal point in my life. Um, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, uh, and after college, I went to school, like I told you, in Columbia uh, or at Columbia College in Chicago. Uh, I studied music and. Ended up moving back to St. Louis and not really knowing where I was going. And uh, I'm a big fish fan. So um, I had tickets to a show in Denver, 2011. And ended up camping next to a bunch of hippies uh, that turned out to be a really crazy uh, experience and night on <laughs> you know, all the above. And, uh, I, ac- I accidentally left, I had a ukulele and I accident that I was playing and I accidentally left it in their tent and we had exchanged numbers. And, uh, so like they, they called me and they were like, Hey man, we got your, your ukulele and it's in Oregon. And I was like, Fuck. <laughs> like, all right. And they're like, we'll ship it to you. And I was like, uh, actually right, I kind of want to go out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah I was yeah. like, I kind of want to go out there. And so they're like, well, we have this huge cannabis farm in uh, Sheridan, Oregon, and come hang out. And I was like, okay, you know. You built a tent. You just fucking just built a tent around the property. You know, I I fucking drove out there. And 
uh, I stayed with a buddy for a week and he showed me around Portland and I fell in love with Oregon. This was when Portland was badass. It's fucked up now. It's fucking shit show. I mean, I wouldn't even visit, but anyways, I, I love Oregon myself too. Oregon's and, amazing. And I'm, I'm going I'm to make fun of Mrs. Weedman for a second for years. I'm talking about I've been with Mrs. Weedman for 28 years, and she still says Oregon. I said, where to go? My dad says Oregon, and it drives me insane. I'm like, Dude, so on. now I have proof because I'm going to make her listen to the show, and I'm going to say, see, I'm not the only one that knows where it's at. <laughs> I love yeah. I love Oregon. It's one of my favorite states. I love just the whole coast, and the weed out there is pretty fantastic. It's my first time I ever went in dispensary electric lettuce when i went to oregon so i love i i I feel you man on this so i i uh i I hooked up with these fish kids i i stayed at their farm for like two weeks they showed me the ropes on you know they had like hundreds of plants and i had never seen anything like it before this was 2011 and uh i became hooked and started growing I, i moved there obviously uh, got a house, started growing in a basement, <clears throat> um, and just started learning and, you know, growing, but I didn't start breeding for about a year and a half after that. So it was like maybe 2012 ish. And oh, so you got some, you got some time. Yeah. But I, That's dope. I didn't really any seeds for a long time I, I started breeding because I, I i kept buying packs of seeds from other breeders that turned out to be shit and, and you know i i would buy a pack of seeds that says sour diesel cross to whatever and there would be no sour diesel Nothing. at all and i knew you know I, I was i was a connoisseur at like 16 like i was <laughs> yeah i was going to shows and you know <clears throat> seeing like you know, getting exposed to the real sour diesel, the real chem dog when it was coming out in the mid, mid, you know, early nineties, but this was the mid nineties when I was getting it. Um, and then the skunk, which is another story that I could just blow up so, for three hours. Hold on one second. So you were in Oregon when? 2011 through, uh, 2019. I left okay, during so- COVID. So you were talking in the nineties though, you were talking about some strains. Where were you getting those strains from? Um, I was really, really, really lucky. Um, St. Louis, I grew up in kind of a like rich community, snooty. And there were kids with sour diesel, chem dog, like the real old school skunk, um, big bud, um, Williams Wonder, I mean, shit that, like, is legendary old school that would just come through, and you know, it was like... Where you'd wait for, like, hours as teenagers, and it would never show up, and you'd be okay with it, and then the next day, you know, it's like $500 ounces, but, oh, you know, six kids waiting for it, and we already have it divided out, you know, it's like, this is the best stuff I've ever seen. Like, Santa was coming, yeah. Oh, my God. It was... and the reason why I asked, because I remember in the 90s, I lived in, in, in West Palm, and when we got a good strain that came from the West Coast, we were just, I can't smoke anything else, because if not, you were smoking. Oh, yeah. I mean, right. Uh, and then, so, you know, you had... That's what made us, like, pursue it more. It's because right. a, bat, a baddie would get you through high school first five classes. Right. You know, and you're like, oh, we can do another road trip. Awesome. <laughs> totally. And and then you had, I don't know, did you guys ever experience Beasters? Like, Beasters? 
You, you know, know it would come down from Canada, from BC. Yeah, I never got oh, chances. So- I, I got the, the best I ever got was some really good bud from Oregon, and we called it the O. And I don't even know the name of it. And it was besides what we were growing in, in houses was still nowhere near what you would get every once in a while from the West Coast. Right. And that's why I asked because in the '90s, that's when I was really big and down in Florida, so I knew where shit was coming from. But when you got something that was good, you didn't sell that. Basically, well, so wait, wait. <laughs> you kept it. I never knew where mine was coming from. I never, I knew if I was paying sixty, it was gonna be fire, and if I was paying forty, it wasn't gonna be that good. And I usually paid fifty. Right. I really, I really knew. So go ahead, I mean, Beasters, BC. Like so, that I mean, a lot of well, you know, that was just a product that just kind of came out that everyone thought looked good, but you know, tasted, tasted like, like shit and like smelled yeah. like really bad, and it probably had chemicals in it all around. Didn't but, get you high, really. It was. Yeah. It looked great, but just like yeah. <laughs> so, so we got a, we got off track, and I'm sorry. I just had to ask yeah, we that. Totally so. did. It's all right. That's what I love about doing a show like this. You never know where the fuck it's going to go. But go ahead and go back to your story. So when you were back in, in learning and do, doing what you okay. were doing, becoming a breeder. Oh, God. Where am I going to go back to? Uh, so, okay. So, yeah, I was buying a bunch of seeds from breeders, figuring out I wasn't getting what I was looking for. So that's when I started to, like, really seek out the real cuts of what I wanted to work with. Um, you know, the real OG Kush. Uh, that's like my favorite shit of all time. Um, Kush, baby. Any, it fucking I've that been Kush. searching, and and I like I'm not gonna go super off track here. Um, but I've been searching for skunk since I had it in in bud form in 2001. And even a lot of like the old timers think I'm crazy for saying I had it in 2001. Um, it's something that I'm 100 positive I've had and was obsessed with for since 1997 about and it's in my opinion been gone since 2001 or maybe the year after if it maybe faded off you know slowly whatever but um that is something that like was my favorite shit of all time back then it's not it's like people they're skunky weed you know, and, and that's kind of why I love the, the OGs, the sour diesels, the chems. They're skunky in a way, but they're not, they don't smell like a skunk off the road. Like, like when you're driving in your car, like it doesn't, and that's what skunk was. And I am personally life driven to, my life driven goal is to bring it back. Like, and I don't care if it takes me 10 years. I've hey, got a lot of That's a passion up. project right there, baby. Yeah, but but you know, skunk works. It's a lot of people over the last ten years have said they had it, and it's I haven't seen it. So, um, that's another topic. But yeah, so I I basically back to my story. I started you know I started breeding because or I started looking for cuts that I wanted to grow, and once I I I had a. a decent library set up you know 10 or 12 clones cuts moms that's when i started bringing in males and switching it up and my goal was and you know still to this day kind of is but i have other things going on my goal was to improve the mothers because these mothers were like you know some of them were 20 years old at the time now they're 30 years old like triangle kush um OG Kush, uh, Chem D, Chem 91, 
Kemphor, um, all these, you know, they were 20 plus years old. So like they've lost a lot of their genetic vigor um, and they're like, their greatness. And I wanted to improve on them and release that in seed form. So people didn't have to seek out these special finicky clones that are hard to grow, mm-hmm. take much more food to, you know, to feed um, and put them in seed form. And you can throw them in water and put them in soil and you've got what you've got a better form of, of that. Um, and that's kind of been my goal of the last 10 years. And there you go. There you go. I've gone, you know, down different routes, introducing land races and other things, but that's kind of where I'm at. I think I answered your question. I don't know. That kind of indeed is like, so, so I've never had the real cut. I don't, but that was, this a seed. This is my first run of it. This is from seed. And it's just got this, like, uh, I can't compare it to the original one, but it's got like a true, like super chemically, like you taste it in the back of your throat when you smell it. Like, 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 I don't know if you ever had like chemical splash, like it's like chemical splashed on you when you, when you smell the bag, it's wild. Um, so can I, can I ask, where did you, who's the breeder or I don't even know. CSI. CSI. It's an S1 from CSI. Oh, cool. Yeah. He's legit. Um, yeah, yeah that's like legit. So it's, it's just so fucking terpy and different. I'm, I, uh, it'd be exciting to get the, the original chem. Sometimes S1s are better than the originals, you know? Like, I just wanted to experience it. I did. I got a lot of strains like that. I'm like, well, I've never had the original of this, so maybe I can experience this the best I can experience it. Yeah, that's, that's the closest you can get. Absolutely. Yeah. I have, yeah. That's, that's awesome. So what else? Uh, you got, we got uh, Green Fin um, soil conditioning you got going on. You got any other ventures or anything uh, going on with Magic Beans or Nick? What, are you asking me or him? No, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else going on besides besides uh, Magic Beans or, or Greenfin? I know we're going to talk about Greenfin here in a second. Right. Well, no, I mean, you know, I have other projects going. Um, I'm going to be focusing on recreating the skunk. And, the, and I mean, literally from the ground up. Yeah. You have any leads? Huh? You have any leads? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm way ahead of, I'm I'm ready to go. Inspector, I have I just, Inspector I just, Gadget over here, man. I just need to get... yeah. um, it's, I, I've done a lot of research over the over the years and studied all the the top dogs, old school guys who you know. It's worked out for me. I get a lot of awesome fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll take all that. Yeah, I'm sure. But I got a spot in the corner. That's why that's why Earl and I are so close. No, I'm just kidding, Earl. Uh, I, get yeah. to try, I get to try little things here and there every once in a while. I love it. And plus, I got to connect with somebody that grows fucking phenomenal weed. I Dude. grow I grow decent weed. I'm a, I'm a home grower. I grow decent weed. It's good weed. That's what I wanted to grow. Just good weed. It gets you high. get people high. I like the taste and the smell. But when I step up, and my friend comes into town, I get to smoke phenomenal weed. You see what I'm saying there, Jared? You know, you got to connect there. It's great. Hold hands, give a little tickle, tickle, tickle. Make sure he's feeling good about himself and you get whatever fuck you want. I 100% agree with that. So to answer your question, Earl, um, yes, um, we do have other things. So me aside, Magic Beans, yeah, I've got other projects. The Skunk's going. I've got 
a shitload of strains I'm sitting in front of right now that I haven't even released. What's um, that stem line? Was it was it the did I see the root beer GMO? Was that you so that I, I had, right? Yes. Um my first it's gonna be my first feminized release. Um it's GMO, it's sour diesel to GMO root beer. I reversed the GMO root beer, a cut I got from a buddy of mine, dreaded herb farmer on IG. He's fucking awesome. Follow him. Like he's amazing. Um but and then I've got um my Captain Trips to the GMO uh root beer, which is gonna be awesome too. But um I have tons of other things coming out, but as far as other ventures, um, we do have other products, products that we're going to be releasing on the Greenfin line. So yeah. we're going to have a uh, seed sprout tea coming out soon. We're working on, I mean, we're in our infancy stage of all this. Like we're working on logos right now. Like, like our, we're working on bottling, labeling. Right yeah. It's, I, it's I, been, I do, I, I do really We're like the green the fin logo. I know you said it's in the infant stages of it though, but the green oh, fin right. logo is clad. It's just, Thank nice. you. it's very, it's, it's very uh, eye appealing. Uh, it gives a little trippy mushroom effect to it because of the waves oh. and the way the fish looks, you know what I'm saying? Oh, but look. yeah, it's We're very, very, if you don't notice, look behind Nick and Jared in the corner, right next to that dope ass keyboard and guitar, that logo right there. It's pretty sweet. It's just nice. It's it's very aesthetic appealing. I like it. It's nice to the eyes. I do. I, I know when I when I went on yesterday and friended you, uh, Jared on Greenfin. I was like, that's a fucking nice logo, man. It's a really Thanks, nice dude. logo. And it's still in its rough stages. We're almost done. We actually should have it done tomorrow. You know, um, as any hustler, they, people have got a bunch of shit in the hopper. You know, <clears throat> you just got to go with it. You can you can spend all the day long tweaking. But, you know, when you're in it and to somebody else, your patients or somebody else are like, hey, man, that's awesome. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, we wanted to get the product out there. Yeah, so it's like, it's yeah. fucking hell. If you don't have a side hustle in your life nowadays, you're going to fucking be doomed for failure. You're gonna you got to have yeah. a couple, yeah. one or two or couple three. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, I have, started, you gotta have different income streams, and anything that taught anybody anything. Oh, I mean, I'm 50 now, so I've 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 learned my lessons in life. But I think what taught people during COVID, especially the the 20 and 30 year olds, and, and, and knowing that, listen, I ain't gonna end up like my parents, broken, right. poor, and living on nothing. Right. Realize that I can have my job, my just over broke job. And then have my side hustles where I'm going to make my real money and my play money and my retirement money and my fun money. And if you're not doing that out there in some way, some form, some shape, you're going to miss out. So yeah, that's just listen to the two yeah, young just, gentlemen I'm talking to right now. Side hustles. I, hustle. Every day you're hustling. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's, I just got sucked into hus fucking trading stocks and it's like every day I'm on my phone. I'm like, God damn it. I don't want to. I don't want to look at my phone a hundred times a day, but I'm like, I got to make money. I got to Yeah, gotta live. man. Got to have side hustles, man. I know people that have plenty of side hustles. You got to do it. You got to do it. And you have a few and I, I love it. I love it, man. Breeding, growing, nutrient line. I mean, and more as it comes and evolves, man. I mean, if you find, if you fucking create that, recreate that skunk train in the next five years, I want to come hang with you because <laughs> you're going to be, you're going to be, a, you're going to be a made man. You're going to be walking around going, yeah. Motherfuckers, oh, yeah. I got you. Living large, <laughs> these in the mountains disappeared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If I find that skunk, any whoever finds the skunk is gonna be living large. <laughs> we but, got the skunk. Yeah, we got skunk. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so let's, should, we, should we go into Greenfin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who the fuck is Greenfin, Jared and Nick? Oh, you told God. us a little bit about how you guys met. Told yeah. us a little bit about breeding and magic beans. I love it. Talk to me about this green thing. Yeah, we're old friends. Yeah, so, you know, we're, if you can't already tell by the, the gear on us right now, the Midwestern flair that we're representing, uh, we were born and raised in St. Louis. Uh, we've known each other since high school, and we kind of went our ways, hanging out in between, and kind of coalesced the last couple of years back in St. Louis. Um, my journey kind of started uh, traditionally as like a finance and accountant. So I was doing like accounting, CFO work, like a lot of the traditional kind of cubicle life, which is fine. You know what I mean? Like I kind of got burnt out. I guess you'd call it quarter life crisis. Uh, I, uh, I appreciate learning about taxes and like how things work from a business perspective, but I kind of didn't feel very valued. So I, what I liked in the world was ecosystems and farming applications. So I kind of moved on and discovered this uh, technique called aquaponics. And so uh, in 2015, when I was living in Boulder for a few years, kind of running some farm to table restaurant chains, I really got serious into it and found myself like, you know, that hustle at night, just researching, 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 like, how can I do this? Like, this is awesome. You're telling me one pump can charge this whole thing and feed my family for 20 years. Like that's, that's pretty cool. And, you know, none of the, you know, at that point, nothing really existed in a box that anybody could buy on a large scale. So I had the opportunity in 2017 to move back to St. Louis. Uh, my uncle had a horse barn. And so uh, for about three, two years, I spent every day out on the farm building this facility where, uh, where it's called Huey Grove. And basically it's a 5,000 square foot aquaponics facility. I have about 2,000 pounds of tilapia. Blue, uh, blue and white tilapia that feed about um, five to six thousand plugs of lettuce, romaine, basil, all brassicas, uh, and the systems I use is deep water culture. So they're all suspended in rafts on top of this massive water system. That's so, awesome, man! Holy yeah, crazy. super cool. Like you know, I was the. Let me some pics, please. I will. I will. And, you know, I was that silly hippie cousin that they were like, what the hell is he doing up there? You know, and then, you know, I coalesced into this, holy shit, it works. And then I coalesced and they were like, oh my God, the food's delicious. And then, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden it's like, wow, that shit really sells, you know, like from a green fins uh, standpoint. So what's cool to me and most people who like aquaponics and walk into our facility is the concept that you can live together in harmony with an ecological system, right? Like I went in on this saying, I'm going to be a farmer. I'm going to own this environment. I'm going to dominate this thing. And, you know, humbly now that's dominating me. Like I don't do anything. Like it's telling me what to do. All of a sudden I have worms and snails and all these kind of ecological uh, elements added to what I thought would be a very simplistic system. So over the years, we've kind of added to it, added filtration, added some ebb and flow, added some rock media. So we can do some really cool tomatoes. We can do some flowers. I really want to do like turmeric and ginger, all the kind of, you know, uh, Eastern types of Ayurvedic kind of herbs and stuff that part of our lines is we would love to do some IPM uh, integrated pest management uh, herbs integrated into the greenfield line so that we could kind of fight the pesticides with the natural fertilizer element. Love it. Um, love it. 
you know, that's just like we said, we're going to focus on our first line first, but we have a lot of possibilities that this system, a natural system that some accountant, you know, built uh, that's like providing uh, in, in multitudes actually. And it's really like what I put into it, it puts out. And so it's really an accountability check too, which is really nice. You know what I mean? I kind of went into it thinking, you know, I'm going to, do this, do that. And now I'm just humbly being like, please don't, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is going to work, you know, but now it's just, you know, six years dialed in. It's, it's, it's cranking out some really good products. So, but awesome. I mean, like any, any business to start, it does take some time and you, you got it down. Yeah. You got a, a one big living organism of a, of a farm, right? Yeah. It's constantly changing, you know, seasons change. It's just like cannabis plants, you know, when you're, you know, growing outdoor, you're looking for characteristics, you know, what I hope to be the future is that we can get to the point where we can identify the soil textures and certain types of nutrients to the flavor on top of good genetics. You know, it's like drinking wine in Bordeaux or Burgundy that have that profile that, you know, if we can be attuned to the soil and where our environments are, we can actually deliver a product that's substantially either in taste or, or nutrients, right? Because it's just like lettuce, like, the best nutrients in that lettuce is living indirectly in your body. And the same thing with the cannabis. Like the less you fuck with it, the better it will be for your body, right? So it's like yeah. these principles are all the same. Um, living lettuce tastes a bazillion times better than just lettuce that was grown in Florida or something. You know, the soil that's been used and and reused and and bigger. And I just had this talk about it too, about how nutrients has been taken out of the soil for so many years on these big cornfields, and they have to saturated with shitty new who knows you know what they're putting in it's a big problem it's right. a big problem soil regeneration so, it's, it's what we would like to yeah. extend ourselves into because that's what cannabis farmers are doing i mean they're regenerating and conscious about their soil but really everybody should from your lawn to your ag to everything you know really i was just going to interject and say i totally agree with you know uh what you said on soil going bad and it's a big problem. It's a global problem. Um, and I, we think that this, that Greenfin could be somewhat of a solution if it was applied properly in the right amounts to dying soil. And, you know, it, there's also the idea of, you know, uh, hemp, growing hemp on soil that's dying out. It regenerates it as well. So maybe even the combination would be, you know, there's, yeah, there's like a some sort of, of a solution, but I just wanted to say, like, I think that gr the, the greatest part about green thin that differentiates us from what's going to become our competition is the system that he literally built with his hands. And it's, oh, uh, well, it, it's true. It's, 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 true. it's, it's a closed looped decoupled system, but like it all comes back to creating and providing the ecosystem like the ecosystem is the most important part because it's it's a cl like closed loop and it's providing incredible amounts of all natural beneficial back to living bacteria that our competitors aren't necessarily doing we're doing things different yeah, and that's what is it all bacteria yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, that's the system that I described. So when it comes down to the green food product and what we're launching first is essentially a byproduct of this aquaponics system. So when you think of aquaponics um, and your audience might know, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different types of aquaponics. 
So even growers know hydros, there's a lot of options. Aeroponics, hydroponics is a lot. Aquaponics is essentially just, you know, the source of protein and how that input is. And for me, it's fish food. Um, and I have a special blend. It's not proprietary or anything. I, I, I have a high protein diet, but also my system allows me to add worms and snails. So, you know, it's, it's it, it, year one is different from year five or six. So I'm, I have the benefit of now having worms and all this cool things that is probably the differentiator that was Nick was saying is Definitely. like when you, when you add all these cool systems in it, it really becomes a compelling profile of nutrients and macro and micronutrients. So, but your point, what makes this system whole work is bacteria and they're actually uh, beneficial, healthy bacteria that, are, that is organic chemistry that naturally breaks down ammonia from nitrates to nitrites. So like nitrites to nitrates. So that system occurs in my aquaponics all day long, 24 seven. And it's my job as a farmer to culture that bacteria. That's it. It's really not the fish or anything like that. If most people know when you buy a fish, you can't just put it in the new t- fish tank, right? It needs bacteria. It needs a rock bed. That same concept uh, is in every system. And so when people say, oh, that's so cool, what do you do? Really, all I do is maintain that bacteria system. There's two different types that actually exist in my filters and around all the black mats in my in my deep water culture. Um, and it's just really like when you when you look at it in a microscope, it's it's teeming with life. And the second I know something's wrong, I will smell it. I can see it. We can test it. It's almost like, you know, your, your farm by smell and taste by the time you work so far on it. That's the kind of uh, system we've kind of like developed. It's been like five years since I've had any kind of problem. Um, but when I think of problems, I think of Florida. When you think of like the beaches and the, the anaerobic uh, red tide is what they call it. That's kind of like the, the most pitfalls as, a, as an aquaponic farmer I need to watch out for. So as long as I have lots of water, lots of air, lots of airflow, um, just like your cannabis facility in your basements or anything, it's the same elemental inputs. And it's making sure that all of this is in harmony. And so Greenfin is out there operating this system Um, and one of the byproducts that we have is a sludge material that we have to dilute. And that dilution, uh, solution is green fin bottled. And so after rigorous testing, what we found was that the micro and macro nutrients were very compelling. And what was really interesting is after a few months of testing, what we did was interjecting certain oxygen and other elements to our farm that would actually boost it. And so we want to kind of draw lines for farmers to teach them what we're learning naturally um, by adding extra elements to that system. So it's basically more bacteria at different stages of the bacterial life, if that makes sense. Um, it's really weird, dude. It's like, you know, like I've never thought I was going to be a poo bacteria farmer. It's really like, <laughs> I thought lettuce was cool, but it's like, no, dude, you're you know, not bad. So with, with somebody like me and Mr. Weedman, how, how would we use your product? Do you like, so if I run like a cocoa or he waters usually organic soil, right? Is that what you're running now, Mr. Weedman? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. organic soil. Yeah, I do organic soil as well. I'm not a high, I, um, I, I apply, so I have had a long journey of fish poo, right? So I've clearly uh, over, I, I've never over applied. Let's just put it that way. I will go home with a five gallon of bucket. This dude won't dilute it. 
Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. No, it's fucking crazy. Like, I'm like, dude. And we're we're suggesting what he doesn't dilute at five mils per gallon. And he's not diluting it at all. (laughs) I don't even know. Oh yeah, five mils per gallon is what is what we're suggesting in veg. Right. I'm doing And he's going straight up a hundred percent. They love it. I'm like, dude, yeah. and it's not, it's not burning. So, it, no. so they're like, so what happens is like, so there's different applications, right? So for me, I've kind of dialed it in where I, I concentrate to my veg plants because I'm trying to get more, a little more yield because I'm only doing like six plants right now. So what I'll really try to do is pump up my vegetation growth by having a high canopy, feeding a lot of fish poo in, or my green fin product in the beginning stages kind of dialing it back during flower. Um, I haven't noticed a lot of the terpene kind of testimonials back and forth, but I do like adding towards the end stages uh, a little more diluted. So for me, I find a lot of my growth is in in the vegetative state. And I also use it around my gardens and my rose bushes around my house. So I I, I usually, I use that shit on everything. Like anything that's greener is, is in that stuff on my stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, so let me ask you a quick question. So if I'm using all organic soil and trying mm-hmm. not to add any outside nutrients to it, but trying to go up uh trying to go up just sizes and pots. Yeah. Would that be the only thing I need to add? If I, if say if I got stuck at 7 gallon yeah. pots really? and I and and I had this problem in the last grow. Okay? So I was using all organic soil, wasn't adding any nutrients to it, couldn't go up any pot sizes, so I had at the end there start adding some nutrients. Would this be the only product I would need to add to organic soil? Would I need to go up in pot size, add more soil, and then add some more nutrients? Or can I just straightly use yours? Wait, sorry. Back up a little bit. What gallon size pots? So I went, I went, I started at, you know, your normal started solo cup, one gallon, three gallon, went to seven gallon. But that's all I could fit in my tent. Two seven gallon pots can fit. And what kind of soil are you using? I was using a mix, uh, 30% cocoa perlite, and then 70% I was using Costa Maine mixed with a little Soham together. And water only Costa Maine. Water only Costa Maine. Okay. Okay. So on the first time I used this method, I only went up to three gallon pots, not knowing that you had increased size if you weren't going to add nutrients. When I said water only, I thought it meant water only. So the first thing right. I did was kind of screwed it up, learned better, got it, still got a yield out of it, got some good weed, could have done better, did my next grow said, okay, talk to Earl. He goes, it's, you know, you might have to add more soil, go up in pot size. Okay. So I went from solo one, three, seven, can't fit any more room in there, but saw towards like that fourth or fifth week that it was lacking something. I wasn't getting the bud yield. I wasn't getting the size. It was still growing. It still grew tall as fuck, but I wasn't getting the buds I thought I would normally get. So no, Greenfin is not going to solve that solution. Okay. Um, Only because it's an amendment. Okay. That is really important to know. Okay. It's a soil conditioner. Um, it's not, it, I mean, yeah, it, it has nitrogen in it. You know, it's going to, it does have nutrient value. It does, um, in my opinion. But, you know, it, but that's not food. That's not plant gotcha. food. Okay, perfect. So, but it's an additive to, add to get to get better yield. So I'm going to have to still add my nutritional value too, but then this is a macro yes. and micronutrient that's going to get me more bang for my buck on my plant size and my plant yes. growth and my bud yield. Absolutely. That's great. That's great. I love it. Yeah. So 
my comment for the fish it was almost like that is like my water source because you know it comes in a, and it comes in almost a clear solution we found that total dissolved solids isn't an indicator that it, it adds more or less value to the product solids okay. right you know is no, like, or solids? Total no, total dissolved solids. So like all those flakes you see in the bottles, it doesn't mean that you get more amendments or not. You know what I mean? So right. what what happens is for me, I use it almost as a constant tea. So I like my soil to be a little living. Oh, so okay. I'm shocking my roots. I'll add some mycorrhizal, like um, other ben- beneficial uh, bacteria on top of what I use with my Green Friend product. It's almost like a soup. So I'm constantly you know, looking at the soil, making sure it's, you know, healthy as part of a root structure where I'll put my fingers down there and see like, oh, are the wheat roots white? You know, like I'm trying to, to your point of uptake, it's almost like making sure the, the soil's healthy so that all the microbacteria can help the mycorrhizae to open channels of the roots to uptake those uh, fertilizers that you're putting in. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like, you know, a stage production one before the other. And so if you're, but if, if your substrate, like you're saying, is fine, you don't necessarily have to do the first or second step every single time. You know what I mean? It's really like, depends on genetics. Like some, you know, TK, was, TK was super finicky for me. So I had, you know, I had to backtrack a little bit, add water and just hold off. Cause some stuff like, you know, it will fight me if I, cause I'm not a good, you know, I'm not an excellent grower. I don't claim to be, I've only been growing cannabis for about, five years I've, I've grown more lettuce and normal you know farming things like you know i could do that uh but you know this is me coming from the other side and i it's, it's an interesting discussion when you when, when growing in organic soil how far do you want to take it because i'm thinking you know you could add other nitrogen fixers some people are using mushroom spores i mean you know at the end of the day, this is like a probiotic for your stomach, just like your soil. Oh, perfect. Okay. Uh, it so, makes sense now. Yeah, it's making sense. Okay. Baseline. Yeah, it's like, it's a super baseline for a starting point for something special. All right. That makes sense. Okay. So, so if I get your additive, your amendments, mm-hmm. I'm going to still do all organic, but I know now when I get to a certain stage of my veg, I'm going to have to start adding some nutrients, but then. Yeah, you need the right food. amount of food. Right. Yeah. Because I couldn't Definitely. go up pot size. Now, if I could have went up to 20-gallon pot size, then probably would have been good. You know, probably wouldn't have had to worry so much. But probably since I can right. only go so big in pot sizes moving forward in all organic soil, it's not water. And, I mean, it also depends on, like, you know, what what soil are you using, what companies. I know you said Soham, but, like, you know, there's there's a lot. I, I, I should – I'm going to backtrack here. Um, there's, there's other companies you can use. Yeah. There's other stuff. I, I, I learned about Costa Maine. I really like what I've used so far from them. They've been pretty well, good. So soil um, is to me, top, like top, top. Say if that one again. I, I didn't hear build it. Sorry. A, build a soil. Build a soil. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go organic, like, yeah. We were just talking about them. Weren't we, Mr. Weedman? Yes, we Wasn't were. We were so, yeah, you, I'm gonna when I listen to this episode me. again. <laughs> Jeremy Silva is an amazing human, awesome and company. like their company's yeah. top shelf supports I mean, community. Like, and that's and that's the other thing about Greenfin is like you know besides the product and the system, we really want to show that we're this is our life. Like we live it, we use it, we're creating it. We humbly are learning. Um, we want to share this knowledge to everybody too, right? So. 
you know, whether it's coming out to the farm, hanging out with us, or, you know, showing us different applications of this product. Because, you know, if you think about all the comp computations that we can add and subtract, there's, it's infinite. And there's a lot of possibilities. We all need help in like the R&D and figuring out what works and doesn't for all kinds of products, especially the cannabis industry. So, you know, for us, it's great to be organic. It's kind of be, it's great to be local. It's great to be like for us in Missouri, like kind of representing, you know, a natural environment and restorative regenerative systems that people can like, oh, support local, do this. And our plants uh, are better. So, you know, for us, you know, we want to price accordingly. We don't want to be, we want to be super comp, you know, price conscious. We all have struggled buying materials and fertilizers. Honestly, it's like, trust me, I've had the budgets and then the lower end and, you know, what's going first, you know what I mean? And then, you know, if I had to pick one. <laughs> yeah. You want to be a so. good company that has a value that adds value to your, to your people that buy your product, your, your consumers that buy your product, you want to be a valued brand that's known for great product. Well, even, even yeah. beyond that, we want to be known for being the best and cheaper than our competitors. I mean, it's just, it's, it's that simple. I mean, well, I mean, here's another thing. It's like the more we, I think, from a very like, a very good answer I think about this all the time is like I feel like the cannabis industry and the people in our what we're talking and who your audience is is the best the most dedicated audience in the world like that's our audience I don't want to like you know derive anywhere else you know once we get our homies and ourselves on board then we can launch ourselves into a, a better product line a, a better company with everyone's opinion. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's important for us to hear people's feedback and to know what we're doing so that we can continue this. Cause dude, all, all of these guys and, and, and girls in this industry that grow and hustle, uh, we're not going away. This is like our time. There's so many great opportunities that we can all kind of, you know, jump on the bus, so to speak. Of course, of yeah. course. And not every state is even, even no. legal yet or medical yet. There's still it's a bunch crazy, still out there, dude. and we're not even federal wow. yet. Yeah, we <laughs> can't, we can't. Yeah. Now they're projecting like ten years. They're projecting ten years or so for federal legalization. So it's like this could be a shit show for a while. <laughs> a long while. I mean, so, we can't even we can't even cross state lines to sell weed, and we can't even go right. internationally to sell weed. Yeah, which shit, our, yeah. our friends from the north there are going to crush us on on imports and exports, and then all these other countries. Germany is the largest importer of weed right now. We can't even sell. Think about how much we would save the West Coast with all that abundance of weed right now that they need to sell. But well, they're fucked now because it's underwater. The whole state is underwater. But they could have sold that weed. They're sitting on a ton of it right now. And look at look at yeah. Canada. I mean, they they destroyed four hundred and seventy five million grams of weed. Jesus! Couldn't you just give it away? I mean, oh, right. I like, like, I mean there's, there's, there's so much. Shit. Thirty bottles out. It's all right. <laughs> Sell it cheap. Yeah, no, <laughs> it high true. and watch it fly. <laughs> Do something with it, man. It's a shame to just destroy it. You know, yeah, but it, 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 this is how we are. We're so set back when other countries are now just going to pass us on to, to, you know, where the, where the traditional market is what I like to call it is still moving and still will always go forward because the, the legal market will never be able to do what the traditional market can do. 
Black yeah, market. the black market is still keeping it. It's still being the market. Traditional market. market. That's all you know, brother. Traditional market. That's all we know. That's all we've been doing for 20 plus years. You know, if you've been in it for long or got out of it, got back in it now because it's legal. But traditional market is all we know, truly, in this country. Because it's been so blackballed for so fucking long and so so just chastised out of the world. That's all we know. We knew a friend that knew get somebody that got some weed that was a homegrown in his basement sometime and got some good weed. Or we knew somebody on the West Coast that would ship a pound over here and there. Or we got some Mexican regs that were brick weed, 25-pound brick weeds full of seeds. And they cracked when you fucking smoked it and blew up in your face. And like But that's all we knew. Box. You know, the credit card on a shoebox, you know, where all the seeds come down. Yeah, oh, I, 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 I remember that age. You know? Oh, yeah. That's all we know. So fuck calling it the black market, the illicit market, the illegal market, because it's all we know. We fucking provided income for so many people in this country for so long that couldn't get a job and couldn't do this. And it was chastised. Right. Remember, remember, remember what a Ziploc bag is? Yeah. Oh, no, bro. I, don't, I don't use them. I don't, I, don't I, don't use them. I don't even have weed in there. It's seeds. People, people don't buy weed in Ziploc yeah, bags yeah. anymore. Yeah, there you go. But like it's even like, a dime bag, you can't even like you know not to be like an old dude. A whatever, dime? Did like, you say yeah, dime yeah, bag? Like you said bags. dime bag. Like, that was like old right. Yeah. And nobody yeah, even yeah. knows what this <laughs> word, the phrase dime bag, means anymore. Yeah, just, yeah. just I mean, we're 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 still that far behind though, and that's the thing that drives right. me fucking crazy. Big you know, you have so many great people out there that have been doing it for so long that it'll never get known. Never get their name out there. Not even to be go in the legal market, but people that and folks out there that have been growing for so fucking long that yeah. will be forgotten about because of what's going on now. You know, the, the the truly ones that created these strains. You know, the ones that bought them back. Those the the history of cannabis can never be forgotten. You know, and that's what I talk about all the time. And what, what you, I mean, what you Jared and Nick have been doing. They've been growing. He's been growing for and following weed for 20 plus years, you know, and now he's got a trade and just killing it. And then coming along with your beautiful fish, you know, green fin fish poop. I love it, you know, and just taking it, something to the next level. Uh, Big Earl and I were talking about aquaponics um, on our show. We recorded um, last week and, uh, uh, or, and, um, and yesterday too, we were talking about it on our practice podcast about aquaponics. And, and, and I only know a couple of growers that, that use it, uh, on, on the commercial grow side here, one in Illinois, uh, uh, I think they're out of Arizona and California too. They, they pride themselves on doing aquaponics in their grow and, uh, actually pretty, grow pretty good weed for, for corporate dispensary weed. It's, it's actually probably one of the better ones here in Illinois. And, uh, but to be able to do that, I mean, it's pretty special that, that how big is your facility again that you have? Uh, yeah, it's about the actual grow space is around 5,000 square feet. I think the facility is around eight to 10,000. Uh, it was just like a horse barn. And uh, so, yeah, the products I could do probably around a thousand pounds of lettuce every couple of weeks. If I really wanted to crank it out, you know, it's, 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 I came into it not wanting to like you know sow the field so to speak i wanted to rather, rather be indoor uh working on culinary herbs and you know i went that route not to be like lazy but you know it's hot out there during the days and the winters but it's it's you know i, I basically put in natural you know waterfalls there's it's a very uh copacetic environment i just want to go get high out. and hang out in your facility oh uh, <laughs> yeah you, you would dig it you would dig it that's the it's special for sure. And, you know, I, you know, I just need more, I love the fact that people love it and get more input. So, 
you know, part of our Greenfin line is we're going to have meetups out there, some bands and stuff. We have a, a hotel facility uh, next door that can sleep about two or 300 people. So yeah, it's like a resort. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's fucking cool. badass. Um, yeah. It's called Cedar Creek for anyone that's watching. What's right. the website? Uh, CedarCreekLodge.com, I believe. Okay. Yeah, it's right. it's like a resort place where there's weddings and it's it there's golf course and like super you know lot nature walks and it's really badass lodging. Yeah, um, it's in the mid in the middle of Missouri. Uh, you know, just for people's context, which is like the Ozark Mountains right off the Missouri River. So our you know our soil is very like clay loamish, so we we need a lot of re- remediation and revitalization. So what I've been doing is uh, three sisters gardening and doing a lot of organic gardening out there. And you kind of have to work a couple of years out there to like build up the soil, so to speak. Actually, a lot of my cannabis soil uh, goes right back out there. And so I, nothing's wasted with us. So That's we always have some kind of hole in the ground, whether it's a dead fish or, you know, you know, you know, all of our soil. But, uh, you know, that that's the thing. It's like, you know, we enjoy farming. We, we love, inter, you know, inventing ourselves and reinventing ourselves. Because like you were saying, man, the world's changing and you kind of have to be ahead of the curve and own your space a little bit. So we kind of yeah. love aquaponics for that, man. And it's, it's a very beautiful system. Also, I just wanted to add, um, you asked about like how big the facility is. Um, it's crazy. So because a lot of people, we get that question a lot. Um, and the answer is it doesn't really matter. Um, because it, seriously, the, like uh, what, how many gallons is it? 25? It's like a, it's like, it's like a lot. It's like about 35,000 gallons of water. Yeah. So like, you're talking like a, you're talking yeah, a, it's big, it's, it's, big big, but it's not like, so like you could have, you could do a lot with a little is what I'm saying. So yeah, and so, so five thousand square feet, giving you an idea is like not that big, right? For the production, for the production, yeah. Right. So the do amount of sell, do you sell your lettuce and everything you grow? Do you sell it to like restaurants or you sell it to yeah. farmers markets and stuff like that? Yeah, it's for sure. I uh, and it and it matter and it varies seasonally. Obviously, during the hot season, I'll switch it up. Uh, Winter is just my my money market because there's not a lot of competition. Obviously. Um, I don't have like a ton of lettuce, but honestly, the lettuce prices, and as everyone knows, inflation is crazy right now. So what was, dude, half two years ago is now, you know, obviously double. It's like crazy prices. It's almost like I'm, I'm ready to get, get back in the gear. But uh, what we're looking at, too, is like kind of selling, uh, introduc- introducing other animals. So prawns, crayfish, I'd love to do some beehives inside the greenhouse. It's wow, kind of a new okay. concept I'm kind of designing. Um, we're also thinking about doing some worm composting, um, kind of taking the restaurant waste that is across the street. And, you know, it's it's a little, it's, but having that leachate and that 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 great black uh, compost um, leachate kind of fall into our system and have it as a additive to the Greenfin line. So we're constantly stacking other systems within our systems. Uh, which is kind of a really fun thing. I mean, think about it. I get to go to this like playhouse with all these green things, and I get to like t- tweak, tweaker with like fish and like cannabis plants. And I mean, it's just it's like you know the best. I don't know. Can I, 
Can I just come and roll some joints and hang out with you? We'll get rid of it. Take the Amtrak. Come on down. I just want to come and hang out. Uh, <laughs> and fucking smoke some weed with you guys and fucking yes. just watch uh, the fish swim. Yeah. <laughs> we, could do, we could do a podcast in the greenhouse. Yeah. yeah fucking, that sounds great, too. Oh, yeah. Also, on, on the same property, there is uh, a massive uh, telescope. Is it digital? It's digital, isn't it? It's two, yeah. it? So there's two telescopes. One's digital, one's not. So like you can go in and look up at the stars and see like the craziest shit ever. Uh, Hopefully, it's be cool. it's made to get high on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's paradise. It really is awesome. I think the wife, our wives, bigger. I would love to take a trip down to the. I never been to the Ozark, so it'd be great. And we've talked about it going down there, so it'd be a fun trip, big girl. Uh, uh, do you, are you dog friendly? Because I have, uh, we both have dogs. I, yeah, I've got my dog locked upstairs because she's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm major. Love it. Major dog, dog friendly. friendly. Will you ever think about taking that facility and maybe turning some of it into cannabis if you can get a license to do it? I mean, that was always the issue. I mean, honestly, too, it's like when you're dealing with... Um, Missouri sucks, man. Well, it's... I mean, I, I'm not... Listen, everybody breaks a little laws here and there, right? Like, the fact is, too, like, when you're dealing with... Missouri is very old school in religion and how they treat cannabis and, and the, when you go out, not just in the city. So, you know, you have to be very careful where you're growing in certain areas in Missouri. And there's also a lot of growers in Missouri been doing it for a long time. I'm not saying there's no growers in Missouri, but, you know, I had to be very uh, cautious using the land I had. Does that gotcha. make sense? Uh, 100%. In a second, I'd do it. Yeah. yeah. You, but do you think you possibly, like, if when maybe this whole, in a few years, Missouri starting to, you know, let some more licenses out, starts loosening up a little bit. Every state goes through this. This is not just Missouri. Yeah. Welcome to the fucking right. show. That's what you right. do. Welcome to the fucking Rex show. That's what it is. Yeah, but it sounds like Medical's nice and easy because it's just simple. It, from uh, they, Everyone's learned medical, and it's pretty easy. Yeah. No one fucking yells and makes a big stink about medical. It passes pretty decently, and everyone's happy about it. And all of a sudden, you want to go fucking wreck, and the fucking cows and fucking sky's falling. You know what I'm saying? It just doesn't make any sense. It, you make it more complicated than it needs to be. Follow the, some of the alcohol laws. You, you just follow. You just put all these laws on it, Missouri. I've been reading. I've talked about Missouri a ton of times on the show through this whole process of you of Missouri going wreck, and right. every state that fucks up. Look at New York. It takes them a year just to talk about the law before they even come out with the law. Don't you think you should have the laws already written before you decide to go fucking – why does it take you a year to open your state up wreck? So go back. I went off on a tangent. I'm sorry. Uh, but going back, if laws loosen up a little bit though and you can get a license, you might have something there to really like get like something really good. You know, you, you're doing something different, and, and I bet so, – is, is there anybody in Missouri doing aquaponics? I'm talking about weed-wise. No, probably right. Probably not, but it, so and here, here's my best answer to that, in my opinion. So, okay, uh, so <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. really, this is really I'm just trying to help you out. I like you guys, and I think you're cool, so I want to fucking help you fucking grow some weed. <laughs> no, this is a hard one. So, um, because so we are going to apply for five licenses micro licenses okay do you know you probably craft are grow. pretty craft craft grow illinois got yeah. they got the licenses were just given you're out probably, a lot of five, you're probably yeah, pretty up to so like you know it's like it's like 1500 or something per license but 
it's all refund, maybe 2,500, but it's refundable. So like you get for once your money back. Nice. If you're in Illinois. Yeah. So like you can apply for, I think as many as you want. And if you don't get it, it's, it's the same lottery system, but if you don't get it, you actually get refunded. So we're applying for, I think like five or six, and we're going to see if any of them stick. And if they do, yes, maybe what you just described and talked about would apply to Greenfin and like, and Magic Beans even, you know, growing as a double brand. That's dope. But, but honestly, it's, it's, it's a crapshoot, you know, like it's, there's going to be a lot of people applying for these licenses. They're only letting out a certain amount of them. Um, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I'd love to build more out of these aquaponics for just different regions. Yeah, so, I think we're yeah. more for more. We're more focused on expanding Greenfin yeah. than having a license in Missouri. Like it's just not really on our radar. If it happens, it happens. Cool. Like I said, we're applying for some, but it's not our like we're not banking on it. You know. Right. Um, yeah. I understand. I understand. I just think it'd be cool. It would be fucking awesome. <laughs> it, would be, it would be ideal, but you're also talking to people who've also put in the work. You're like, man, yeah, that's I a mean, lot of fucking work. I mean, you're dude, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're like, we're approaching 40s, 50s. Uh, yeah, and I, I grew for a decade in Oregon and, you know, in a basement, you know, and I'm like competing with like other breeders that are, you know, I'll even drop the name, like, like Ethos. He's like the biggest breeder out there, you know, and like he's, probably making i don't even know how much a year it's insane and i'm like the little guy and it's fine but i'm done like trying to compete with literally like the the big dogs i should say you know like there's no reason why i should because i'm never gonna like but you will gain your own following following well, no, and, and that's why I want, you know, like we're talking about craft licenses. I'm a craft breeder, really. I mean, like I, I want I want the, the connoisseurs to come to me. I know connoisseurs aren't going to ethos. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> they're not. They're, they're trying to yield and they're, they're mo- you know, it's commercial grows and I get it. And I'm not breeding for commercial growers. I'm not. Yet. I mean, I may. <laughs> I, I may have to. You know, because of the way the market's going, you know, I'm, I have to make feminized seeds now, and I I never have had to do that before. Right. But you know, my point is, like, you know, you have to you have to flow with the market. So, yeah, if 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 we could get a license, that would be amazing. But I don't I don't know I don't know if it's going to happen. Well, We're more focused on building our brand, right, really, right, right now. Yeah. Nice. Getting into stores and, 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 and not even into stores, into, into people's hands, into gardens. Because everyone who we've talked to who's using our our competitor's product has been like, oh, yeah, yours, yours is fucking amazing. It's better and it's cheaper. So we're riding on that right now as little guys in our infancy stage, you know. I mean, Do you see people uh, watering heavy salts, like not really using organics? Do you see Greenfin helping them at all, like enhancing a flavor or anything? 100%. Nice. That's all I got to say. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously that would depend on um, your application of hydroponics, right? So I, I mentioned the dissolved solids. Like as a company, I kind of don't 
like them. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like if I had a, a part of our process of producing the product, we have an option to filter some of that out. So I will choose kind of not to, so that people let's say that have drip lines or that have other kinds of, uh, you know, methods of attributing that could have an easier time with other product lines that may think that's a novelty to be like, Oh, look, it's, you know, there's a bunch of shit in there. Like, you know, no, it doesn't matter. Like from our testing, it, you know, it really does not matter. It's really the nutrient dense, like affluent liquid that you're applying it to. So yeah, I would say the application rates are probably a little less, um, but that also depends on, you know, your dilution if you're doing buckets and stuff. But I, we've definitely had samples go out to a bunch of um, hydro growers and self growers for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do they grow them in teas? Do they like brew them or do they just add, you know, 30 mils a gallon or whatever? That's a really um, good question. I, you know, we're discovering, it's like almost like what you got style-wise in your basement. I, when I discovered teas, I never stopped. Fuck yeah, me neither. These are great. I, so let me, can I, let me ask you about my setup then and see what you think about Greenfin in it. Is that Hold cool? On, they, they froze. Oh, did they? I thought they were yeah. just waiting for my uh, question. No, they look pretty cute, though, in that picture. They yeah. those, so, But go ahead, Earl. You were going to ask a more question, though. Maybe uh, talk about teas for a second. We're waiting for them to come back on. Yeah, sure. So Greenfin, from what, and hopefully I don't get this wrong for them, um, from what they're describing um, is going to be the soil conditioner. You're going to add it to help break down that organic food. So, like, when you were talking about adding that organic food, to your medium and all that stuff to help break that down is what greenfin is going to do. So what, why I asked them that question is because typically it's thought in high salt um, mediums that that kind of biology like bacterias uh, doesn't do a lot, but I could see with their application that they have organic broken down stuff in there that's going to be available to your plants. So even if you're not taking care of the, taking advantage of the bacteria, which you very well may be. I might be misspeaking here. But even if you're not taking advantage of the bacteria, you'd still be taking advantage of whatever else is broken down in there. So even in a salt setup, you would be getting this flavor. So brewing in a tea, you would just be trying to create more of the bacteria that they have. So they give you a bottle and it says, I don't know what their dosage is, but let's say it's five milliliters a gallon. Well, you put five milliliters and you, you can dose that way down and do like a whole barrel, 55 gallon barrel and, and brew it in a tea to really get the life and everything back up. We're so, back. Nice. Hopefully I didn't just uh, uh, destroy what I no, what, uh, how, how I would be using the tea. I tell you what, you actually, I actually learned something. So he actually did a very good job filling in for a minute while you guys froze. <laughs> <laughs> so it, tell him what you learned, so I, didn't, so I didn't mess it up. Yeah, basically he was just explaining what the tea would do. So uh, at, by adding it to it. So if you if you remember what you guys were on, what topic, where you were at in the point, let's go back to that conversation because Big Earl did a great follow up just to help some info go flow. <laughs> Is that uh, brewing it in a tea or adding it directly, like in your uh, reservoir or however you feed? Basically, we're talking about brewing, brewing it or not? Yes. Right. right. Okay. And so that's like, you know, when you get in the nerdy stuff, you know, you take that as a base element and then you distribute based on your different elements of the garden. So some of my veggie plants, I'll, I'll add some other amendments. Uh, my flower tent, I'll definitely throw in some other mycorrhizae and some other like natural amendments. So 
tea's helpful as like a base element before you start getting nerdy with different sections of your grow too. So it really gives you the opportunity to kind of diversify your 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 SOPs a little bit. But you know, I'll actually trial stuff. So when I'm running flower, I'll actually not do fish boo for a couple of times and then add fish boo so that I know the difference. And I, you know, I won't just do that with the fish product green fin, but I'll also do it with other products. So yeah. it's it's a great thing to to have as a baseline. Yeah. That's right. So I'll also say um we did do some lab testing, uh multiple lab tests and <clears throat> discovered after it was what about a week of of steep, two or three weeks yeah. a week of brewing uh the green fin uh our levels were up a lot so so, so the way it was what Nick was saying is like usually by activating uh and teeing your products when you're living in like living soils or anything living like our product it's life in a bottle what's happening is organic chemistry so you know, everything around you uh, is, is happening, right? It's like decarboxylation of THC. So when you're hanging your, you're drying your buds, there are stuff happening chemically. The same thing's happening in the green fin bottle. It's actually why we have vents in our hood because the gases are constantly releasing. So hmm. what we just discovered was we can actually like, separate these batches in our system and throw some other air and elements and test them and see what the effect on the profile of the macro and micronutrients. When I say macro, I mean MPK. When I say micro, I mean, you know, the boron, the calcium, the hardiness, you know, that kind of stuff. Manganese, so, molten, molybdenum. Yeah, and, you know, we're, we're a well water system. So we actually, everything from our product is, you know, my, my loss as far as aquaponics is only, all it is, is uh, humidity. So when I'm putting water back in, it's not tap, there's no fluoride, it's coming straight from the ground. Um, so you'll see those characteristics in our micronutrients. So I, you know, I do have a little hardiness, but not insane. So that means calcium. So there's definitely a lot of more earthy elements related to Missouri well water based on my previous you know, comment. But then the macronutrients change. And the more we bubble and tea and add algae, we'll have a product line that has five or six X more nitrogen, non-available. Remember, we're saying we're an amendment, just to, just to say that right quick, to, to uh, the product that wasn't steeped in tea for two weeks. So, you know, as a grower, you should know that you have options when you're using living materials that is constantly changing. And there's effects and causality to that. They're all beneficial and you cannot like, you know, kill your plants, but you know, most people come to me, what's the difference between an amendment and a fertilizer? And it's really like a fertilizer cannot be an amendment, but an amendment can be a fertilizer in some states, if that Thank makes sense. That. Because, sure. you know, once you hit a fertilizer states, you're regulated by FDA, you have to have concentrated numbers, you know, you and, and any grower would want that, right? But when you set in the amendments, because it's living, there's really not like, a dart you can throw at numbers. And that's the reason why they're always non-available nitrogen because it's constantly living. It's always in a state of perpetual like flux, so to speak. So, you know, that's not to no, say that's great. Super, uh, super geeky, but that's kind of where we're saying, we can't really say that we're, you know, on a fertilizer, but we do have available nitrogen. It's just constantly changing. We do our best to kind of capsulize and capture all those micronutrients. 
So, I think you did a very good job explaining that because you made it makes sense to my stony baloney self right now. So <laughs> that's awesome. When you say the conditioner um, or can be the nutrient, do you mean as in it goes in and it can make like organically speaking those types of nutrients break down and available to the plant at that point? So they're uh -huh. acting as a nutrient in that instance. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like like at the doorstep. Yeah. You know what I mean. So like right when your mycorrhizae is triggering the, you know, the trigger between available and non-available is super thin, right? So like, but, you know, because they're not available, you can't burn, right? You're not going to, you're not going to uh, harm anything because the plant naturally the plant doesn't take it up. What yeah. it does. Exactly. So that's as great because there's so many great correlations with farming, right? Like they say like a healthy plant will have pesticides in it. You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't. Sure mess with most things and it's because they have a robust it's their uh, balanced health system. ecosystem they're healthy. right yeah. and they're meant to be um in healthy plants strong. don't get bugs i mean no that's just a fact like All, it, a lot of plants have natural defense systems like mm -hmm. cannabis natural defense systems so they can I mean, a lot of people would say that's yeah. bullshit and like call me out but like the truth is like if you have like if everything's dialed in in your garden with your plants you're not getting bugs i'm sorry well, especially when you're outside and they can give those signals to other, you know, predatory bugs and be more like natural, you know, oh, I yeah. can see, you know, indoors, sometimes you don't get the nature, but out, outdoors, if you're, if everything's healthy and happy and all your soil's nice, like you don't need yeah, to worry about that. Bugs. They're going to something else. They're finding something else because bugs go to weak plants. They find the weakness in any plant. That's what they do. And I just. I just don't don't see it in, in a perfectly it. healthy. I love I it. See it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's plants out there that keep bugs away. That's it's known lavender, lemongrass. I mean, I can go on and on and on and on and on. Right, there's a ton. Yeah, there's a ton. It's funny. I have, uh, I you know, I do so. My greenhouse is kind of outdoors. You know, it's indoors, but as far as my vegetables go, I keep it outdoors as much as possible to like, you know, be, you know. Uh, around the elements and so i one year i did really good i didn't have any pests i even dropped ladybugs i really had the aphids under control i was like this is awesome and a you know a groundhog got in my system and ate only one type of lettuce out of the three lettuces so it's like you know you can only do what you can do until your tax yeah, yeah. yeah so like you know you're constantly fighting things and you know shit happens i guess is my point but you plant flowers to get like predatory bugs and stuff in there plant yeah, flowers? yeah. Bugs, some wasp um you know and they're they're phenomenal by the way yeah. like those things work i mean it it works but you know my season that time the aphids i've had an aphid uh, outbreak and man that was that is just something that is humbling and it's oh, out of control it's and you gotta have yeah, so, I mean, any, what's up? It's so gross, David. I've had I've had uh, like a tent of a bunch of little clones getting ready to go outside, and I get to it like, and it's just full of aphids. And it's like even getting the plants down to clean them or to cut them down or any of it, it's just like you're breathing in bugs and like, it, yeah, those fucking. You just don't want to do it. You know, as a farmer, you're like, you just want to head in the soil and be like come on just go away but like you just can't you know what i mean like you got to own your domain a little bit and that's kind of what i learned and most of us on this conversation i mean we you know you can cut corners but doing it right matters and 
once you have that good foundation, it's easier, you know, to take the next step. And people are like, oh, wow, you look like an expert. It's like, no, I just took the right steps to do it right with the right foundation. You know, and you're looking back five years later and like, wow, I, you know, you know, you got a lot of stuff on your belt, you know? <laughs> what are, what are some uh, tips and tricks that you guys can, can, can teach uh, our newbie growers, even let you know people that have been growing for a while like what what do you see those doing that are good what do you see those doing bad are you talking about just are growers or breeding breeders let's talk about let's talk about breeding first okay i got i got some good ones uh that i've learned from some legends and i did not invent the wheel at all um at all so um okay I mean, obviously, like we talked about earlier, there's not going to be probably too many new breeders doing regular seeds. It's going to be mostly feminized because that's what the market wants. Um, I have a really awesome tip on that. Um, okay, so after you pollinate <clears throat> a plant, usually, okay, so you're in twelve twelve flower time, right? That's flower, you know. Well, once you pollinate your mothers that you're going to make seeds for, <clears throat> you can flip the lights on back to 24-7. Or veg, veg lights. So you can do 16 hours, 18 hours. <clears throat> I usually actually go to like 18. But it'll cut your uh, seed ripening time down by at least a week. Hmm. So you're going to save time. I don't know if you'll necessarily save money because of the extra, you know, electric bill, you know, six hours a day, but yeah. <clears throat> we'll save time for sure. And that's like yeah. one of the, like the coolest things I've learned in a while. And if anybody's done shucking of seeds, hard seeds are a must because it sucks, man. They're like, oh boy. And so, starts cramping up and fucking... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and you know, I'm 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 guilty of not building my own seed distributor. You know, Whatever. I mean, they're you, yeah. it takes you an hour or two to do it. The PVC you know? pipe. Yeah, it's not a big well. Yeah, even the PVC pipes. Even I wasn't even talking about that. That's like yeah. super easy. So like, yeah, I I should be doing that instead of sitting here, you know, all day long and then and then literally separating. Like the separating is is the longer part, not the taking them out but anyways um yeah that would be like my biggest tip for like newer breeders um if they're doing you know any sort of breeding at all i think after once the pollen hits the plant usually you can go up back to veg time and it cuts off a lot a lot of time i've heard that i've heard that uh from people before other people talking about it cool yeah and you know um Stay humble. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> get ready. And well, I get excited. I feel like a lot of like tips, like people are growing for a reason, right? Whether it's saving money or an empowerment or a value, or you know, it can be really, really fun, dude. Like I feel like most people I show, they get very excited. Like the energy turns, right? Like it's it's sense. it's palpable. And I love showing people that. Like trick, like you know, like when we talk and have garden conversations, it, it gets like. You know, you can you can feel it. It's like a little intense because the passion's there. And so, 
you know, if someone shared, I, I would love, I love when people start growing and, you know, it's not hard and you just got to stick with it and understand and be humble and not try to do the same mistakes time and time again. And it's like, you know, don't cut corners, do it right, start small and you will totally get results. That's it. I mean, like the plant knows more than most. <laughs> like listen to the plant, really. Yeah. And if, if you know, if you're uh, going on to like, instead of breeders, uh, grower advice, my, my like two biggest things would be find verified genetics cuts. I, I shouldn't say genetics, find verified cuts that you want that you're searching for and choose whether or not you want to grow salts or organics, because honestly, in my opinion, it doesn't fucking matter. Like you can grow fire either one. It doesn't matter. Um, I think organics is a little bit more finicky. I think you got to like do a little more research. It's not reading a bottle and, you know, dosing, you know, teaspoons per gallons. It's not quite like that, but, um, and it's, it's all subjective, man. It's, it's, you know, like, do you like organic food or like, do you like dank ass, nasty, fucking unhealthy pizza that just tastes great? Like I, I'm like, in the middle. I, I, I'm, I I'm, I'm in the moderation in my life. I like the, fi- I right. eat healthy five days a week and I eat like shit two days a week. I drink beer two days a week. I go, I drink water five days a week. I, I smoke weed, but I smoke weed every day. Every day. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's why it comes down to, it might be really more important on whether or not you want to go organic or salt, but really, but that does, that's secondary. Like to me, it's what do you like to smoke? find it and grow it. I don't care how you grow it. Just fucking find it. And if you can't find it, find what you found Earl with the S one chem D like found CSI S one chem D and you grew it out. And it's probably the closest thing you'll ever find to chem D or better, or maybe a little worse. Who cares? It's the closest. For me, just aren't like like you gotta get them shipped. No, and you gotta shit. hope it's real. Some people want like a thousand. Oh, it's the real this. Is it a thousand dollars? Like fuck, bro. Like that's what I'm saying. So like, back to my point is, it's gotta be legit. It's gotta be real. Find something that's real that you love and you already know. As a grower, as a new grower, and secondary, I don't know. Follow your favorite. Who you think the fav- the best fucking grower you think is on Instagram and talk to them. Yeah, do your research. Like, do your deal, due diligence and figure out what you want. I mean, that's what we're all that's what we've all done, really. I mean, you know. The one the one thing I tell people all the time when they want to start growing, like you're gonna get something. Mm-hmm. You, unless you don't put the fucking light on and you let it fucking die because they ain't getting its fucking all right. it, it, oh, yeah. you can't fuck it up. You it's not easy, for, but no. it's not hard right that's what i've always said it's not easy but it's not hard you will get something i fucking grew my first grow in fucking whatever how long a period of time and didn't know what the fuck i was doing and i got three ounces off of fucking three plants i was fucking happy in the pig and shit it was a good weed it was fucking solid i got high off it Ms. Wee Man got high off it. Our friends got high off it. I gave fucking an ounce of it away and it was fun it also also depends like on you know your goals like are you 
are you an, a head grower for a big cultivator? Like that you have, you're taking care of 150 lights or 500 lights, or are you growing in your basement with three lights? You know, like I'm on the lower end. I know most people are growers are on the lower end who are probably listening to this and want to learn from it. Well, that means just think small. Don't think like don't need to, you know, grow a million pounds out of a tent. You're not going to do that. No, it's not going to happen. I can't, I can't tell you. I'm not snobby. And I don't think I ever will be, but it wasn't too long ago that I was super excited to find a nugget under my car seat. You know what I mean? Like, that's fair. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't grow up with the opportunity to have this all the time, even though I do now. It's like, you know, everybody has their own joy. Yeah. Dude, like, I love I have, growing it and I love giving it away. I grow yeah. so much now that I can't smoke at all. And I just tell I people all the time, I had, I had a friend of ours just said, Hey, I'm broke right now. I got no money. I'm like, dude, just, I need some weed. I'm like, dude, I'll give you a fucking, I'll give you a jar fucking full of weed. What do I owe you? Nothing. I don't sell weed anymore. I sell, I sell a brand and I sell a lifestyle and I sell weed freedom. That's what I sell. Now. I don't sell weed. You want edibles? I got 500 fucking edibles at my house right now. I fucking give you a fucking baggie full. I make edibles all the time. I got three pounds of butter in my fucking fridge. This is why I not only just because it's enjoyable and it's my zen, because I'm not I'm not doing it for money. I'm doing it for passion. I'm doing it for love of the plant. I'm doing it because right. I love fucking smoking weed too. But I also love giving it away. Just just fucking throwing my nieces fucking when they were over here watching us do the podcast. They wanted to see what I get my fucking 21 year old nieces. Both of them were over here. I'm like. A fucking jar. Just take it home with you. Do whatever the fuck you want. I get fucking so much weed from people now, too. I'm like, just fucking take fuck. You want a jar here? I can't smoke at all. I smoke every day, but I don't smoke like from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. I just can't function that way. I smoke. I smoke probably a fucking couple of joints a day, a bowl a day, fucking pop two edibles and shit. But that's what I do. But I have fucking like a pound of weed in my house that's not going to get smoked at, at all. You know, all of it, it by me. So I just fucking give it away, right? That's what we should do. If you're a home grower, and I say this all the time, I'm like, listen, if you're scared to grow, you don't have the, you don't fucking have a, you don't want to get a med card, partner with somebody, partner with somebody, invest with them, let them keep it up that house. If they got to go out of town for a week, make sure you watch their garden, you water their plants, you check their humidity, and then you fucking, they come home, you're good. You split the bounty. He grows 10 ounces, you get four because it's in his house and he keeps six and you do whatever fuck you want with it. I could never trust somebody else to do that. Well, if you're a home grower, if you're a home grower in my basement, somebody else I, that. I mean, I'll tell you I right have, now. I have, I, and they didn't fuck it up. Cause I told him, I said, you fuck it up. You lose your bounty. <laughs> yeah. Christmas is over. Right. 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 You fuck yeah. it up. You'll, you won't get, you won't get weed from me for a year. Don't believe in Santa Claus yeah, exactly. anymore. Like, no, dude, like shit. My whole Christmas present this year and last year, were all just chronic to everybody. I've yeah, man. Mind. I'm not called Weed Man 420 for nothing. I've been bringing weed for fucking years, man. Years. I'm talking. I'm not even talking about the last ten. I'm talking about fucking since I was fucking 15. I've been getting weed away. All right. I've been smoking weed since I was 13. All right. So I mean, I I I, I've seen it. My dad was in fucking three years old, man. I've been seeing weed. I know what it looks like. I know what it smells like. It's in my system. What I'm telling you is, if you're a home grower and you got pounds of weed and you ain't giving it to your friends and family and people, on you're an asshole. Because yeah. you can't smoke it all. I give it away. I walk all around right. with a red fucking cooler filled with five, six hundred edibles in it, and I just give them to people. I go to parties. Here, here's fucking, just don't overconsume. Start low right. and go slow. But I don't give a fuck. It's this just me, man. man. I got a question. Go Before, ahead. I, 
before we wrap this up, because it's getting late here, I got a question because I didn't know you were older than me, and this means a lot. And you're talking about I'm, so I'm, I'm talking about, like, man. I know you're talking like Midwest shit. So have you? Because a lot of people want to ask him this, say, "Oh yeah, oh yeah," but whatever. Like I know they're full of shit, but I'm, I think you're not going to be. Have you <laughs> have you had real skunk? Like the real old school skunk. Unless it came through Florida, because I I, I grew up in West oh, Palm Beach, and and you know what? I mean, I smoked a lot of weed. I smoked a lot of shit weed. You know, whatever we can get at the time. You were fucking buying it from your buddy who bought it from a fucking street guy, and it was fucking whatever it was. It was. But when I started, you would have already said yes. You would have already said yes. Bring that back. I haven't. But I've smoked a lot of good weed, and I don't know if it was true. I mean, I've smoked. I've smoked. Here's what I have smoked though. Back in the, in the early '90s and late '80s, I mean, I was smoking. Not only we were smoking people that were growing in their in their fucking pool houses in Florida. We'd get some every once in a while, you know. And I don't know what it was. The one thing that I do know, the one thing that I do know that I smoked that made it in high times. This was back in '93, '94, '95. It was called the Doctor Who's, and my buddy, my buddy who I partnered up with, was the grower, and I used to run his shit from the key from the keys to West Palm. Okay, and he created this strain. It was called the Doctor Who's, and it was the best I had smoked at that time. So that was probably I don't know. So that was the strain that he created. So you know it was what the Doctor were? Who's, huh? Do you know what the parents were? No, I don't. I remember the guy though. His name was Jay Ball, and his partner was Eight Ball, and then they had Q Ball. Those were the three guys that grew. Great it's, show. it's actually so crazy that you that you mentioned that because so happy daddy products i believe is the last word uh happy daddy is a uh oh so odie diesel if he ever watches this sorry if i don't butcher this he came up he created doctor who i believe okay a new doctor who not back then okay. this is new this is like seven or eight years ago maybe even more um, but he, Odie Diesel was, uh, out of Oregon and I believe his son is doing a lot of the breeding now. If I'm not mistaken, I could be totally butchering the story and I'm sorry if I am, but I, I don't think I am. Um, but yeah, so that's interesting because Dr. Who's like super popular right now, but in a, it's, it's a different Dr. Who. New, new so generation, I'm super new era. Yeah. I'm super, yeah, everything's yeah, back then was like awesome because we had all the. I feel like it was the era of the best like cannabis strains. Well, in these, the guys growing, these guys were growing in soil, but they were also growing. I didn't even know what the fuck this was, but until they taught me, they were growing hydro. They were growing. This is the first hydro strain. They were growing in big troughs of water, fucking filtration systems. I'm like, dude, what the fuck you was and this is the this? Who you're talking about? Yeah, nice. they grew it in the soil water. and they grew it in hydroponics too. This isn't. This is an island of Florida, so. This is going back '94, like so. Back, up so if you were, if you were in '90, if you were in Florida in the '90s, did you ever get Triangle Kush? No. Or okay, any of the OGs? Nope. I wish. Like I said, I did smoke some stuff that would come from Oregon. We called it the Old Bud. We didn't know the name of it, but it was the highest I'd ever been at that time in my life. And this is '90. <laughs> this is '96 when I smoked that shit. And we were still running fucking Doctor Who's and shit like that. But that was, like, different, dude. This was, like, no shit I'd never seen before. This shit was, like, fucking crystally as fuck. I mean, I'd never seen Bud, like, no shit like this before. This was, like, whoa. Like the first time you saw Kind Bud? Yeah, 100%. 
Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like when you smoke the cream, like, like, first time I had, first time I had chronic. People were like, oh, this is the real chronic from California. I'm like, well, it fucking smells like fucking weed. It gets me high. So I mean, but this is like, right. but it we, wasn't ripped up swag brick no, weed. No, you know, like, no, yeah. that shit was was fucking. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll tell you off, yeah. off off record on that. We'll talk after the show. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, when you when you're yeah. running when you're running when you're running five hundred pounds of a uh, black hash from Jamaica from Key West to West Palm and it's going all over okay. the fucking place. Nope. I'm talking twenty five I'm talking about twenty five pound balls, blackness, tar, shit that you had and back then you had no apparatuses to smoke out of. How we smoked out of it was a little fucking avocado fucking little artichoke fucking can. You put a nail through the bottom of it, right? You put the hash on there, you take the jar, you put a match in there, you put it you like the match, the wood match and it lights it up and you go that's how I smoke my hash, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh my god, that is, no, that is a great lesson. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, wow. if you don't have nothing to smoke out of, my camera got yeah. all because I got all excited with my hands. But if you don't have anything to smoke out of with hash, don't put it on a fucking grill on a fucking knife, you idiots. There's different ways to Girl. fucking think of how to smoke. That is the worst that's way to smoke hash. Head. You're burning that fucking shit up. Learn oh, how yeah. to fucking smoke. Uh. So we'll end the show on that. You guys I got anything else to say? Perfect note to end on. You yeah. guys got anything else to say? No, we just got to have you out to the farm, guys. I mean, yeah, yeah come on out. Sure, uh, sure. It's on us, you know, a little weekend getaway. Get to uh, in the greenhouse. Maybe we There's places to sleep. Plug it, website it, give us all your info. Give yourself some plugs. Go ahead, tell everybody. We'll do the uh, telescope. Yeah. We'll get high as fuck. Look, look at the fucking <laughs> There's going to be some people on the moon, so maybe we can check them out. <laughs> so do me a favor. Plug your, give me your Instagrams and your handles. Okay. Uh, I am at magic with a C-K-M-A-G-I-C-K dot beans dot seeds. At Greenfin Amendments. Sweet. Bigger L. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Yeah, yeah this is awesome. You pop our, our bubble too. You know what I mean? Yeah, we yeah appreciate this you. is our first. This is our virgin, our this virgin podcast. And That's and I didn't, I didn't even know. Like, I've been talking to you, but I didn't realize you were local until today. That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, you're local. I was in actually St. Louis, but we didn't get to link up. Um, but yeah, I was out of Springfield, so yeah, kind of. Sure. Anytime you're here, hit me up and we'll sure. we'll hang. Hell yeah, yeah, love it, love it, friends. Yeah. Man. And maybe we can do an in-person podcast too sometime. Yeah, sure. I, I really would love to get you guys on the roundtable we want to do. So we definitely could do that. So we're in. And the aeroponics, the aeroponics episode when we get to that. Oh yeah, I would love to. Definitely, we'll talk about that too. Fuck yeah! So we appreciate you guys being on the show, Big Earl. You got anything else to say? Yeah, guys. Don't forget to add that CalMag. <laughs> Don't forget the CalMag, everybody. Peace. Nobody should. <laughs> <laughs>